Hi, this is Kelly. And this is Jenna. And you're listening to ODFM. This episode is One Deja Vu from Murder. I love and I hate deja vu. I've had it since I was really little, like strong mm-hmm. deja vu. Mm-hmm. It and can it, be weird. It creeps me out. It really creeps me out. It does. And it's always, for me, it's always really lame stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Mine mine was like, I think I was like 10 and I was trying on, it was really stupid. I was trying on a sweater in a, in a, in a changing room. Okay. And it was a big, it was an 80s sweater. It was a big black sweater Hot. with a white dog on it. And okay. in my mind, I turned around and the back of the dog was on the sweater. And I turned around and the back of the dog was on the sweater. <gasps> See, why can't it be like, okay, lotto numbers are blah, blah, blah right. this week. No, no it's not that. It's no random a- stupid shit. No one gives a shit if there's the back no. of the dog on your sweater. What no. is that going to do for you? Why? Why, brains? Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I can't use my powers for good. <laughs> I know. Maybe those things are more important in the afterworld. <laughs> dog sweaters? <laughs> Something, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> that stuff means a lot more. So we're like, oh, remember that. Uh, well, I know. That's stupid. We should also point out that this is going to be the season opener of season five. This is season five. Oh, season and I, five, episode one. Oh my gosh. How crazy how, is that? How is that possible? I know. Oh, and I had corrections from last week's. <gasps> that corrections? I figured out. Corrections. Oh corrections. my gosh. So I, I had said Adcore's manhunt was the biggest since Joe Dillinger. It was actually John Dillinger who was a uh, a gangster. Oh. The other, the other Dillinger. The other Dillinger. Were they twins? <laughs> yep. <laughs> probably Joe Dillinger is probably a baseball player or something. Oh, me. okay. Yeah, whatever. It was close and, enough. And the other was there was an Adolf Coors the fourth. There, there was. Really? Yeah, the fourth. Really? They kept it up, but I, I didn't find a fifth. So who knows? Wow, that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, to be the fourth of something. I know. It oh is. my gosh. Okay. So, well, that's okay. interesting. Yep. All so right. those were my corrections. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Well, this is going to go in a completely different direction now. Sweet. What was it when, was it Monty Python? And now for something completely different. <laughs> was that it? <laughs> I, think. I think it was. Okay. I love and Monty now for Python. something completely different. This is, this story got my attention because it involves a mother and a daughter who were both murdered by the same person. 24 years apart. Ah, that's so not cool. <laughs> just Like you just got attacked. You're like, ah, <laughs> well, God, it had to be her, the daughter's nightmare for all those years. Oh, right. Happened. Holy boy. Right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I was like, I'm sorry, what? I'm going to have to please tell me more. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we're going to start out located about 35 miles southwest of Memphis is a U-shaped body of water in Arkansas known as Horseshoe Lake. Well, that makes sense. Doesn't it, though? I was like, oh, that makes sense there. So this area is a summer recreation spot with boating and swimming and fishing. But it is also the year-round home to a small population. So it's it's kind of a vacation-y place, but there are people that live there year-round. Okay. And the small town there is called Horseshoe Lake, the town of Horseshoe Lake, which is, yeah. I guess they they ran out of creativity. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And the population is like just under 300 people. And it's been that way for like the last 30 years. So it, it stays pretty consistent. Okay. Who lives there. Um, yeah. Yeah. They all know like, each other. Yeah. It's not a big bustling place. Everybody, everybody knows each other. Okay. So the most impressive property on the lake was named the Snowden House, a historic lakefront mansion on 12.35 acres. Wow. That'd be nice. I have pictures of this place. Freaking gorgeous. I'll take it. It was built in 1919 by Robert Bogardus Snowden II. Here's another second. And his wife, Grace. Okay. It actually started as a modest home for the couple and their son and three daughters. But Modest to who? Yeah. Well, they, well, they said it started modest, but then in 1949, I don't know where they got the cash, but it was transformed into this 6,000 square foot antebellum wow. style mansion. Jesus. With five bedrooms. 
and six full bathrooms. Jesus, that sounds like a lot of cleaning. It does like, sound like a lot of cleaning, but I would kill for at least two full bathrooms right yeah, now. I just yeah, want to say, <laughs> yeah. I have two full bathrooms. It's helpful for sure. Six sounds good and overwhelming. <laughs> I do not want to clean <laughs> right. that many toilets. So I don't know how small the original house started as. Like, I don't yeah. know if it was like a like a three-room house and they just literally added on. Yeah, like a level. Left, right. And, <laughs> yeah. Totally. But anyways, uh, the pictures, it's its absolutely oh, gorgeous. Man. It has a two-story entrance hall with a crystal chandelier, you know, wow. as one does. Yeah. Um, um, uh, mm-hmm. My cat just shook and his collar jingled. And um, there that. are pictures where, like, there's actually a cat that was in Ooh, the foyer. That would, that would, like... <laughs> that would greet guests if, if they want if they were cat friendly people that's nice of them yeah the entrance hall had marble floors a sweeping staircase that leads up to the second floor which is the main living area jeez you know when okay. your main living area is on the second floor yes it's a it's a nice it's a place, she-she place. <laughs> right. yes let's see the formal living and dining rooms all feature views of the lake they had formal ones Form, they had the four, yeah. So there was the so they had the informal ones, the, right? And the exactly. Formal ones. Okay. Right. These are for wow. like our nice guests, and these are for our everyday people. Oh, um, <laughs> right. These are for our popper friends. <laughs> right. Exactly. Wow. Let's see. Oh, the best view is from the second floor screened porch that oh, you could ac- that you could access through three sets of French doors <laughs> off the formal living room. Which also has a Carrera marble fireplace and 12-foot-high ceilings. <sighs> Seriously? This seems a little much. Okay. Seriously. All right. It's, All right. Um, it's fancy. It's fancy. I wouldn't know what to do there. Mm-mm. I'd feel very out of place. Right. Wait, or else I'd wear one of those nightgowns with, like, the fur edging and come down those stairs in, in oh. a... And like dramatic the, manner the, every day. The slippers that are really oh, heels right. with a little puff in the front. Yeah. With a little <laughs> <laughs> holding a martini. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I can see myself here now. Yeah. Although I feel like if I was in a martini, I would not be elegantly walking down <laughs> no, any stairs no. in little heels with a little foo-foo in the front. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be somersaulting down. Yes. I made it. I'm okay. I got, I got okay. it. I got it. Your robe's open. Oh my God. Okay. I got it. I got it. You're welcome. Right. Totally. Okay. So in 1982, the eldest daughter, so they had a son and three daughters, the eldest daughter, her name was Sally, Sally, and now it's Sally Snowden McKay, because she's now six, she's now 61 years old. Oh, family bought, built this a while ago. Wow. Okay. She moves back to Horseshoe Lake after her father passes away. Oh, nice. um, she is now divorced from her second husband, who was actor David McKay. I don't know who that is. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I, either. I should have looked him up. I was going to. And she has three daughters, Grace, Katie, and Martha, but they're grown adults now too, because she's 61. You know, when her father fat passes away, she's like, all right, I'm going to move home. I'm going to take over the family business, right? Nice. Um, yeah. She is a certified public accountant. Oh. So, she, so the family business is a real estate business that includes managing... 30 lakefront cabin style homes that oh are, you know um oh, some are nice. some are year-round like people live there okay so they're permanent homes and right. some are just vacation homes and their rentals nice and overseeing the snowden house which had been turned into a bed and breakfast oh that's so, cool yeah so okay. people aren't just living there anymore now it's they, they've actually it's an used actual it. it's a use. business thing so sally actually moves into one of the cabin homes nearby heck yeah and she runs an antique shop. So she doesn't oh, actually live man. at the Snowden house. So That sounds bomb. Oh, here's a little fun fact. Ooh. In 1994, the Snowden property was used in the 1994 movie adaptation of the John Grisham murder mystery, The Client. Ooh. Which uh, I know I saw a long time ago. It yeah. was one with a little boy and Susan Sarandon. Oh my gosh, I don't remember it at all. I'll have to watch I, That's it again. all I remember. But I remember it was really good. And I don't oh. remember the house. But the house was a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. All right. Sally's nephew, Lee Lee Baker, also lives on Horseshoe Lake with his wife and three sons in one of the cabins. So it's nice. their permanent home. Wow. Um, he is a well-known Memphis blues guitarist and vocalist. Mm, perfect area for it. All mm-hmm. right. Who played for Alex Chilton and Big Star, as well as his own band, Lee Baker and the Agitators. <laughs> I think I have an um, agitator on my my uh, washing machine. Yeah, there you go. It's in the agitators. 
It almost sounds like you're not, they're not entertaining. They're No, but I feel you. very agitated. I feel like it's, by yeah, exactly. Music. That's what I feel like. This is not, how do you like my music? It's, Isn't I it's find agitating. it agitating. <laughs> maybe not the best band name. Yeah, maybe. But whatever. I mean, they were pretty successful. So I yeah, guess it was so all right. It must have worked. Agitated people into giving them money. <laughs> right. Shut up. So aside from being uh, a musician, he helps his aunt with the general maintenance of Snowden House and the rental properties, and he helps with collecting the rent from the tenants. Okay. Strong, strong arm. Yeah, yeah. He's the muscle. <laughs> right. The Lewis family was one such family that rented a cabin there, but they lived there year round. So it's Gladys Lewis and her five children. So these must not Whoa. have been real small cabins. These right. must have been sizable cabins, I guess. She had two sons. Edric and Travis, and they were actually really good friends with Lee Baker's three sons. Oh. And the boys all hung out together. They all grew up. They went to the same school. They were yeah, the same convenient. age-ish. Okay. You know? Right. On August 12th, 1996, the Baker home burns down while the family was away. Oh, no. That sucks. Investigators determined the cause to be arson and suspect the <gasps> fire was set um, was set to cover up a burglary. Oh, a rash of burglaries had been reported in the community of uh, Horseshoe Lake, the town of Horseshoe Lake. At the time, Lee Baker had a considerable amount of cash in Hmm. the house because he was using it for printing and pressing his band's new record. So he had cash on hand for doing that. Oh, no. He also had a very extensive memorabilia collection, (gasps) including an irreplaceable guitar once owned by... Furry Lewis. Don't know who <laughs> Furry Lewis is. <laughs> is he a furry? I Right? I just like, really? Not Huey Lewis. Furry, <laughs> furry Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> Maybe it's Huey Lewis yeah. and he dresses up as a furry. As a furry. What That's would he go visual. as? A dog? I, you are thinking about something I do not want to think about. <laughs> you are imagining oh, I, something. I have a story from my friend about a wedding with furries. Dear Lord. <laughs> Makes well, that, so happy. It, it almost comes full circle because hmm. Snowden House is going to become not only a bed and breakfast, but like a wedding venue. <laughs> Perfect. In the I'll, future. I'll so, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, this Furry Lewis was an early influential blues musician. So oh, okay. someone listening to this might know what the hell I'm talking about. I, and I, don't I know. wouldn't. Yes. So Lee Baker and his family moves into one of the other cabin homes. One oh, that's okay. actually right next door to Sally. Okay. And it kind of said like they didn't know that was going to be like their permanent residence or that was just temporary until they figured out what they were going to do. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Just a month later on September 10th, a local resident named Bobby Couples is driving down the road and comes across a red Toyota Camry flipped on its side on the side of the road. Uh Oh, shit. When he's going, he goes over to see if anyone's hurt and he notices the engine is still running, but no one's inside. Duh. Yeah. Right. That's. Um, yeah okay i found this odd but i'm guessing this is a small town thing plus 96 mm-hmm. do we have cell phones in 96 no no I didn't. no no i didn't no i don't think i think that was right around no i don't think i even have pager yet so no okay so it does make a little more sense because <laughs> i was like why wouldn't he just call 911 because instead he drove down the street to the grocery store but oh, i guess okay yeah at that yeah. time I- he wouldn't have had a phone on him I mean, they had those ones, those giant ones in cars at that time, but barely anyone had those. Oh my, where it literally looked like a brick. It was. was. They were massive. And it had shit reception. (laughs) They never worked. So it wasn't worth it anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he drives down the road to the grocery store to report the accident. The store owner, Levi Glasper, only knows one person with a red Toyota Camry. Because again, it's a small town. He's like red Toyota, yeah, red Toyota Camry. That's got to be it's Sally McKay's car. Oh shit! Mm, right. So Bobby and Levi drive over to Sally's house. It also okay. doesn't say that they call nine one one yet. They're just going to go like they're a small town. They're going to take care of it all themselves. I'm yeah, like, they're okay. like, yeah, we'll fix your car for you, but we got to find you first. So they go, and I'm like, so who's running the grocery store? So they just yeah. go. It's like, <laughs> and we'll just lock up. Put one of those signs, be right back. That's what I the do. Grocery <laughs> store. But if this is like the grocery store yeah. in town, there's going to be uh, yeah. moms out there going, I need I milk. Diapers. <laughs> you right? Yeah. Anyway, I just, this whole Not scenario so just weirded me out. I was like, yeah. what? So anyway, Bobby and Lee drive over to Sally's house. When they get there, they see 
Lee Baker's white truck in the driveway. And of course they recognize it because everybody knows what everybody everybody knows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's in the driveway and it's backed up and it's backed all the way back into the carport so that it's pressed up against the back door. Oh yeah. That's weird. Right. Really weird. So when they get up closer, they realize that the screen on the back door has been sliced. Ooh, not a good sign. So, and then they start to smell smoke. Uh-oh. So then they called 911. Oh, okay. Did they go inside the house to call 911 or go back no, to the grocery store? No, it didn't say that. They huh. didn't say that. I don't know how they did it suddenly. Mm. I don't know if they went to a neighbor. I, You know, Lee's house was right next door. Maybe they just Oh, went to that's true. They could Lee's house. I don't know. They, they finally called 911. Thankfully. <laughs> right? Jesus. First responders force their way into the house and they find Sally and Lee both dead. Oh, shit. Their bodies are partially burned. Sally was 75 years old and Lee was 52 years old. Oh, so someone had lit their actual bodies on fire. It looks like it. But Sally and Lee didn't die in the fire. (gasps) They had been shot. Oh, well, okay. I guess that's better than dying. I guess that's better. Of the fire? You don't want them to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, it's still awful. It's quicker. Yeah. Right? As police begin to process the house, this is after they put out the fire, obviously. <laughs> they <weren't laughs> they're like, going, eh, let's excuse go. me, excuse me, I got I got dust for prints, you know. <laughs> right. Fire, get out of my way. But, yeah, I kind of skipped that part. They put out the oh, fire. Oh, okay. okay. Then good. they went inside. I'm glad they did start, that part. It started to process the scene. So they think as they're going through that they find a possible motive. Uh-oh. There would have been a large amount of cash at Sally's house because it was around the time of the month that rent was collected. Oh, from all the different tenants. Mm-hmm. Not good. Police don't find a murder weapon or shell casings. And there are very few fingerprints they can let, can collect in the house and in Lee's truck. I kind mm-hmm. of assumed with the house because, I mean, can fingerprints survive fire, fire? smoke no. damage and all that? I don't know. They said they didn't really find many and they really didn't find many on Lee's truck or maybe what they meant is they really only found Lee's. Yeah, that could be. But they didn't really get anything from his truck, right? Then police discover that the house next door, the one that Lee Baker's family was staying at, had also been broken into that same day. Oh, shit. Okay. Which I thought was really weird, you know, unless it was a different person because- They'd only been in this new house for like a month. Yeah. And their shit had already been burglarized and burned down a month before. So I don't know what there was to take. Yeah. (laughs) It's like they knew something. Right? It was like, um, like they Mm. literally just moved in because all their shit was burned. What are you going to take? I would have hit a different house personally. Right. (laughs) I mean, hypothetically, if I were to do that. (laughs) Just just, gave yourself up. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Oops. Oops. No, oops. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Sally's Toyota Camry is taken in for processing, and they're able to recover fingerprints from the passenger side door handle and the door frame, and they collect strands of hair from the inside roof of the car. The windshield is cracked, and it's suspected that the driver would have hit their head pretty hard into the windshield. Okay. And then as the car was on its side, the driver would have had to crawl out the passenger side as well. So it was, it was laying on the driver's side door. So, yeah, so they everybody had to, had to go out. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Oof. take a little break. Yeah. Think about what we just talked about. Yeah. Think um, about jumping out of a Think car. about what you did. No. <laughs> yeah. Think about what you did wrong. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Today's episode is sponsored by Relief Factor. Pain from everyday living, exercise, or just getting older is one of the leading causes of trips to the doctor and sleepless nights. It interferes with daily activities and keeps us from spending time with the people we love. If you have everyday pain, it stands to reason you need something you can feel comfortable with taking every day. That's why doctors invented 100% drug-free Relief Factor. Now, tens of thousands of customers are using Relief Factor every day to become mostly or completely pain-free. 100% drug-free Relief Factor features four key ingredients that each work on a different metabolic pathway to support your body's natural healing processes to respond to pain and inflammation. Now, you can try Relief Factor too. The three-week quick start Retail price of almost $70 is now available to our listeners for just $19.95. Head to the link in our show notes to find out more. Start your journey to better health and less pain today. 
with Relief Factor. Police start canvassing the area, talking to residents and asking about seeing anyone who was injured because they're like, whoever was driving this car hit their head pretty bad. Okay. A local named Joseph Jones tells police that on the morning, on that morning, he saw Sally's car speed past his house and that he saw two young black men in the car, but he couldn't identify the black men. But he did recognize her car and was like, that's not Sally. Yeah. That he saw that. That's definitely not Sally. That's as far as I got. Right. Okay. And there's not two of her. So. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I was going to mention like they didn't notice like that she had head injuries or anything like that. Yes. Okay. Nope. There were no head injuries found on it. Well, it didn't say where she was shot, but that's a little different. Yeah. That's a different kind of. Okay. So police start looking up anyone matching that description. There's the description of two young black men that have criminal records in the area. Okay. And they come across Edric Lewis, who was the older of the two Lewis boys, the Mm, Gladys, who was one Mm -hmm. of the tenants, right? Edric Lewis is 20 years old and he's brought in for questioning. They take his fingerprints and his palm prints and a sample of his hair and they give him a polygraph test and he passes the polygraph test. Okay, that's good. And Edric has a pretty solid alibi. He was actually on probation at the time. And so that morning, he was actually signing in with his probation officer that was in a neighboring city. Mm, yeah. So, so it's kind of hard to fake that. Right. So they're like, okay, Edric's ruled him. out. I mean, honestly, right. they only brought him in because he was a young black man with a record. Yeah. That was kind of what and I was trying to. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I was trying to like not say. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you just know right. they're profiling. Okay. Exactly. Mm hmm. So a few days later, police are interviewing the eldest of Lee Baker's sons, Joe. So remember, all these boys grew up okay. When they ask if he could think of anyone who would do something like this. Do you know anyone that would be mm-hmm. capable of this? Do you suspect anyone? Joe tells them Travis Lewis. Travis Ooh. is the younger of the two Lewis boys. He's only 15. Oh, my God. Right? What? Like 15? No. I mean, my friend's 14-year-old son, she can't get him to put away his laundry. This right. seems like a lot. This sounds like a <laughs> lot of work for a 15-year-old. This mm-hmm. is a lot to plan and execute and yeah. all that kind of stuff. No, mine there's not a lot not. of follow-through. Mm-mm. Joe tells police that a few months earlier, while Joe was away at college, so I don't know how old he is, but he's he's college age, right? Okay. But he's still got two younger brothers at home. Okay. Travis had been at their house hanging out with his younger brothers and had stolen some video games. And so- So Lee, that means he's a burglar of, of giant <laughs> right? houses? Thank you. I thought that was a little bit of a stretch uh, myself. Yeah, that's a little different. So his dad, Lee, had gone over to Gladys Lewis's house and spoke to her and the games were there. Okay. But this, uh, I I got a lot of information from a um, People Investigates show, mm, which I'll yeah. which I'll cite in my sources later. Where like they were interviewing the brother Edric, and he was like, "It's a fifteen year old boy, yeah. you know? Did he take them, or did he borrow them, right. or did, you know, or so what if he did take them? They're video games. Yeah. Like this is kind of a leap, right? Yeah, definitely. That's what I, I was like. Really. Yeah. Uh, and they were friends. They were hanging right. out. I mean, it seems like a pretty big stretch or it's like, I mean, totally. I've done that. Like when I was oh, younger yeah. and you'd bring a bunch of stuff to your friend's house and you grab some of their stuff by mistake. Yeah. And, like, and you oh, don't dude, realize. This with mine. Right. It still happens with my kids and their friends all the time. See, like, like, I, I think I, it's I, still a Vic's house. I don't know. Let's go find out. Yeah. Uh, not see, a big deal. That's what I thought. I yeah. thought so too. So Joe Baker tells police he thinks that Travis could have been the one that set their house on fire, first one that burned down, right? In retaliation for getting caught with the video games. Oh, yeah. Again, <laughs> I feel like that's a big stretch. That's, that's exactly what I would jump to if I'm pissed. Right? You got me grounded. I'm going to burn your house burn down. burn your fucking house down. <laughs> like, you are done. Oh, wow. my God. But yeah, that's that quite the reaction. Escal- yeah. That escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seemed a little strange to me. Yeah. So. Police look into Travis Lewis and find out that he was actually not in school the day of the murders. Ooh, that's not been, a good sign. I know. He had been suspended. Oh. Travis was a shy, skinny 15-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Police ask him where he was that day, and he says he was home and that he was outside and actually saw the fire truck speed by that morning on okay. their way to Sally's house. His mother, Gladys, confirms his story, telling police Travis was home with her all day. Okay. Okay. Right? Good. Again, it's a 15-year-old kid. I know. I don't want to believe they're involved. But further digging shows that the previous year, Travis, so when he was 14, mm. Travis tried to sign and cash a check that belonged to Sally McKay. Oh, shit. Travis, yeah. goddammit. it. But again, I mean, that's not like something where there's any physical injury. I mean, right. is it 
stupid. It's like, super what stupid. are you thinking? I know. But it's not, yeah, it's not would, burning someone's house down. Yeah. It's it kind of like go that quickly, that kind of escalation. It's like, wow, were you using your head? What, right. <laughs> you know, that's what are you a, thinking, you little That's turd? a crime. Travis is given three polygraph tests, which apparently is protocol to ensure accuracy. Mm. That's the first time I've ever heard that one before, but mm. okay. I hadn't heard that. Okay. That's what they said. So they give him three and he passed all three. Oh, well, okay, right. Okay. But a few weeks later, police want to question Travis again. Now, his mother, Gladys, has stated that she sat out in the hall and that she was not present in any of his police interviews. Is that 15 year old kid? Yeah, I don't know. So there was no lawyer and his and his mom wasn't present and he's a minor. Yeah, that doesn't seem that seems pretty sketchy, right? Mm -hmm. So this next time that he gets pulled in for an interview while his mom's in the hallway, they give him a fourth polygraph test and he fails. Okay. Right? But then I'm like, could he just have gotten too many polygraph tests and now he's yeah. all like, like now he can't remember. Out? Right. You know, because, mm. you know, it has to do with nerves and stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. If you're lying. And, right. Yeah, so like if your you're like, rate. why are you doing this again? Like, yeah. Ugh. So Travis finally tells police because, you know, they're like, you failed. So <sighs> now he's like, okay. He tells police his mother didn't know he had been suspended that day. Mm. Shocker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, yeah. I thought the school called yeah, home. Yeah, you would think that the school would have called and <laughs> been like, hey. But, okay. Hmm. And that he actually pretended to bike to school that morning. Hmm. But so his Gladys mom was just covering. It. Oh, yeah, she okay. was just covering. Mm, okay. So that she didn't know he didn't have school that day that he was suspended. So he just got on his bike and faked going to school. Mm-hmm. No. Which sounds pretty typical to me. Mm-hmm. But instead, he rode to the baker's house with the intention of breaking in. Hmm. More video games. I yeah. What right? And what's he going to take on his? Bike? And it, yeah. Well, and also, what <laughs> is he going to take? Because this is their second house. The first right. house burned down. Right. What is left? Uh, <laughs> is... Some underwear. I'll take it in my basket of my bike. <laughs> right. What? Weird. I, I, okay. I, I thought that was really weird. On the way to the baker's house, he ran into his friend Andre, and Andre was like, "Cool, I'll go with." Because, you know, that sounds fun. Right. I'm going to tag along. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Is Andre suspended too or something? He's not at school. What? That's a great question. They don't even say how old Andre is. Yeah. I don't get a last name. I got nothing mm. on Andre. Andre's sketch. Yeah, totally. <laughs> While Travis was robbing the baker's home, Andre decided to break into Sally's house next door. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, two for. Well, probably well. because he was like, this house doesn't have anything. No. It burned out. <laughs> like, you're stealing just the underwear right. and there's nothing else. So. I don't know okay. what you're going for in this house. The other house probably still has shit. So Andre broke into Sally's house and then apparently got into Sally's hot car and drove it to the baker's house. Hmm. They're supposed to be next door. I don't know how far this is, but yeah. obviously not like one driveway over, I guess. I'm not True. Sure. They probably had acreage. Right. right. Okay. So he drives... Sally's car over to the baker's house. Andre tells Travis he just killed some folks and needs help getting rid of the bodies. By the way, I got bored. Just right. kind of. Well, yeah. you were robbing this house. I had a little oopsie at the other house. <laughs> I had an accident. I'm going to need you to help me out. <laughs> right? What? I, what? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. You did way more than I expected. Also, maybe before you break into a house, make sure no one's home. Just right. Thought. Oh, good idea. That's my yeah. thought. That would help. Uh, again, hypothetically. <laughs> right. <laughs> hypothetically. Professional. <laughs> so the boys go back over to Sally's house and tried to move the bodies, but they were too heavy because they're 15 year old boys and they probably have no upper body strength. Because they're whatsoever. children. Yeah. They're children. Exactly. So they decide to burn the house down. <laughs> it's a lot of, it seems to be the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. We'll just burn it down. We'll just burn it. So they lit some linens on fire in the bedroom. And then they backed Lee's truck up against the back door so no one could get in to put it out. Mm-hmm. Except there's probably more doors. Right? I thought, I'm like, <laughs> it's the back door. Does the front door not work? <laughs> yeah, I don't really, what? I, and obviously they sense. got out. I, yeah. well, no, I guess they, then they backed up. I don't know. Whatever. True. Not yeah. a well thought out plan. No. So then the boys got into Sally's car and sped away, but Andre crashed the car a few miles down the road. So I'm guessing <laughs> he probably they don't didn't know how have his license. Right? Yes. <laughs> like... Oh, no. Uh, because it didn't look like it showed anything that there was a reason that he should be on the side of the car. <laughs> like, right. the car should be on its side. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, so does know. one of them have a forehead injury? Ooh. Mm. Here we go. Okay. So Travis tells him that 
the boys then climbed out through the passenger side window and ran off through the woods. Oh. And that Travis saw that Andre had a small caliber 25 automatic Colt pistol and he watched him throw it into Horseshoe Lake. Whoa. Okay. So. Jeez. Travis does not have any head injuries. Okay. He is arrested for robbery and the police take his fingerprints and DNA and hair sample. Police find Andre and they question him. He denies having any involvement and that he was with his girlfriend all day. Uh, wait. Mm. Right. So maybe he's, maybe he is older maybe. or he was yeah. also suspended. Maybe the whole, everyone was suspended. <laughs> I don't there know. There is no school. I don't uh, know. Right. I, yeah, I don't but... know what's happening. The girlfriend confirms his alibi. And apparently that was good enough. And I was like, yeah, they're like, eh, because okay. Travis's mom just said he was home and she was flat out lying. So yeah. So what? Right. I know hmm. that was weird. So police start asking around about Andre. His cousin tells them that Andre practically admitted that he killed Lee and Sally. Oh. Another witness tells them that Andre had been to the hospital around the time the murders were committed. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Andre is given a polygraph test, but he fails. Police ask him for fingerprints, DNA, and hair samples, and he complies. That's good. I think was kind of, you know, dumb unless he had a lawyer. Right, right. But only Travis is a match for the prints taken off of oh. Sally McKay's car. Wow. And it's his hair that's ah, on the ceiling yeah. of the car. Ooh. Andre is ruled out as a suspect since there's no forensic evidence to connect him to the crime. Uh, but there's a witness. But there's a witness and he had a head injury. Yeah. And I just... Doesn't hmm. that seem like he was ruled out? I would just be he like, had to all right. failed the polygraph test. Yeah. Right. Isn't this one of those situations where you use one right. against the other? Totally. Right? Hmm. Okay. I was like, there's no forensic evidence, but. Is Andre also black? Yep. Oh, okay. I was thinking maybe they were like, oh. Right. And there black. was a witness that said two black men right. okay. were, driving, were driving the car or in the car. So 15-year-old Travis is charged as an adult. With two counts of capital murder and Whoa. one count of burglary. Jesus. Right? I'm like, oh. And, and, obvi- no. and if this Andre, again, I have no last name for Andre. I have hmm. no age. I have nothing. Why don't you use Travis, who is a 15-year-old kid, to turn state's evidence yeah. and testify against the other guy? I mean. Weird. Right? Oh. I, I, I had a big a problem really with crappy that. lawyer. Oh, I was about to talk about his lawyer. Oh, good call. Okay. His defense attorney, Lu- uh, Bill Llewellyn, said that Travis was an above average student and a typical kid. Okay. And when he would visit him in jail to talk about the case, Travis would always ask the lawyer to bring him some candy. Oh. So he's, he's just a kid. A 15 year old oh. kid who now has two charges of capital murder and burglary. That's a lot. I know. So Arkansas still has the death penalty. Oh. Oh, God. And mm. if convicted, Travis was facing life without parole or death. Jesus. Those are the two options if he's found guilty. There's no other forensic uh, evidence for right. anybody else except him. Oh, no. This was the mid-90s. And even though he was only 15, Travis was black and accused of killing two upstanding white victims in the South. Of course. Wonderful. Right. No chance. It, oh, also, it was extremely rare at this time for Black people to be on juries. So the lawyer was like... So not really a it's jury gonna, of his it's peers. It's really going to be an all-white jury. Yeah. Or or a mm-hmm. mostly white jury. It's not going to... You're right. That is it not is your not going to be... Right. Well, a lot of 15-year-olds also don't sit on juries, so it's no. definitely not a jury. Definitely peers, not a jury Because they're, they're trying him as an adult. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh. That, that, At 15. Oh, that bothers me so much. Yeah. I Oh, my God. Yeah. Just days before the trial, the prosecutor offers Travis a plea deal. Travis still swears he's innocent of the murders. He's like, I did okay. the burglary. I did not commit the murders. Yeah. He was responsible for what led to them. but Yeah, but right. he didn't actually do it. The deal requires Travis to admit he's guilty of the murders. Oh, no. And his lawyer urges him to take it because he is worried that if he's found guilty... It's likely he's going to be executed. Oh, my God. Uh, Travis takes the deal and is sentenced to 28 and a half years for the murders and five years for the burglary to be conserved concurrently. 
Mm. And he has to serve 70% of his sentence before he will be eligible for parole. Jesus. Oh my God. No life. I know. That's, I mean, that's mm. almost a death sentence, kind mm. of, even though, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just really, it's going to change the course of his life forever, oh, totally. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Okay. So on that depressing note, I thought we could take another break. Yeah, let's maybe, take a break. maybe Very take depressing. a drink. Yeah. Try to recover from all that. Ugh, stress. Hey, 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 you know how we've told you about becoming a fan on Patreon? Yeah, you need to do it. The reason is we have a lot of mini-sodes coming out, a lot of extra bonus content, and your monthly support helps us keep going and doing the things we love, which is researching murder and talking about it and telling you about it. So if you're ready, go to patreon.com slash podcast to get started. Anytime they try anyone under 17 as an adult. Right. Me nuts. Oh my God. Even 17's I mean, rough. How many times a day do I have, do I say something along the lines of what did you think was going to happen when you did that? Like, I know. What? Oh my God. Seriously. Was there any follow through whatsoever? Think about this before <laughs> right. you did it. No. Right. I did not. Cause I'm a oh, child. You're good. Right. Exactly. Travis's family members all believed he was innocent of the murders. They're like, okay. you know, he obviously was with somebody else. Right. And he got roped into all of this. But there were also members of the Snowden McKay Baker family Mm -hmm. who believed that someone else was involved and that Travis wasn't responsible for the whole thing because they all grew up together. They were all part of this small town. They had known each other for forever. Absolutely. In fact, Sally's Sally McKay's the one who had been murdered. Uh-huh. Her youngest daughter Martha strongly believes in Travis's innocence. Uh-huh. The McKay and Lewis families had been friends for decades. Martha asks police to reopen the case, which they do. Wow. She hires private investigators. Good, but nothing else really <sighs> comes of it. Right? Sucks. All right. So at this point, Martha McKay is sixty-two years old. Wow. Right. Oh yeah. These gosh. are all like everyone's coming home to work to, to yeah. Horseshoe Lake once they're older. She had grown up in San Francisco and graduated from the University of Washington, Washington in Seattle. Cool. Okay. Martha moves back to Horseshoe Lake after her mother, Sally's murder. Mm-hmm. So Sally moved back after her father passed away. Martha yeah. moves back after her mother dies, oh, is, is killed. It's like tradition right (sighs) yeah right okay so somebody has to come and do the family business Mm -hmm. now right martha spends a hundred thousand dollars restoring the snowden house and makes it into an upscale bed and breakfast and rents it out for weddings and other events that's cool and it actually is dubbed memphis's premier wedding venue this place was freaking gorgeous Mm, i bet how cool in 2015 an interview titled The Lady of the Lake, Martha McKay tells Memphis Magazine that growing up on Horseshoe Lake had been just wonderful. I felt like I was royalty with the big house and servants. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> servants. Right. Holy. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, who's yeah. going to clean those six bathrooms? True. Um, <laughs> everything, <laughs> right? Everything was fresh from the garden, fresh eggs and all. Oh, wow. We even, we even had a peach orchard. What? Uh, we got to swim every day and it was just ideal. Oh man, just don't eat too many peaches in a day. I can't recommend that enough. Is this something that... Mm-hmm. You'll, uh, <laughs> it'll clear you right out. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a peach tree, just saying. There you go. Here's a little uh, PSA for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat too many peaches. Oh. All right, so... Um, <laughs> Martha McKay is a practicing Buddhist, and she believes in forgiveness and second chances. Yes. She has a close relationship with Gladys Lewis. And and even hires her as a housekeeper at Snowden House. Martha begins to write to Travis in prison, and they actually become pen pals. He writes back and tells her that he deeply regrets the burglary and swears that he's innocent of the murders, but he takes responsibility for how... Oh, how it went it down. It went down, right? You know, it was, he okay. was headed there. It was his idea, you know. Yeah. Martha really believes that Travis deserves a second chance. He was okay. 15 years old. Yeah, Jesus. So in 2016, when Travis is 36 years old. Wow. He is finally up for probation. Wow. Because he had to serve 70%. He missed 70%. his whole youth. I his know. Youth. His oh entire youth. He spent it all in 
in an uh, adult prison. In an adult prison. Think of the things he ugh, yeah. saw. Martha actually attends the hearing. Wow. Uh, his parole is denied. Yeah. But then two years later in 2018, he's up for parole again. And Martha and Gladys actually go together to the hearing. Wow. That's impressive. This time, Travis is released after serving 23 years in prison. Oof, that's longer than a lot of people serve for murders. Uh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So Travis's older brother, Edric, really urges Travis to leave the area, start fresh, go somewhere yeah. else, right? But Martha, who really wants to make up for everything, oh. offers him a job as a groundskeeper at the Snowden house. Oh, gosh. How awkward. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he takes the job. Wow. Well, you want to go where you're familiar with and know. not knowing I, anyone, well, no not knowing experience. how to live on your own ever. Right. So he yeah. lived at his home and then he went mm-hmm. to prison. And he's never been anywhere. Where's he? I don't know. Yeah. What would you do? Never probably finished high school. Yep. And his mom, Gladys, is thrilled because not only is her son home finally, but they get to go to work every day, you know, together Mm -hmm. because, you know, she lost him. Yeah. 20, whatever years. What was it? 23 years. Yeah. So everything was going really well for about a year. Uh Uh-oh. I'll take a drink. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. During the early morning hours of March 25th, 2020. So this is just at the the beginning of COVID. Yeah. God. Okay. The security alarm at the Snowden house goes off. Oh, shit. Deputies go to the scene and they find the back door ajar. They enter the house and they announce themselves. No one replies, but they hear footsteps on the second floor. Hmm. As they go up the stairs, they smell what they think might be a flammable, li- a flammable liquid. Like oh, they smell shit. something. They're mm-hmm. like, we know where this is going because there's mm-hmm. a lot of fires in this store. Yeah, this happens right? <laughs> a lot like, around these parts. So they're smelling something that smells, I don't know, gasoline, oh, alcohol, God. something. Mm-hmm. At the top of the stairs, there is a pile of clothing that mm. also appears to be covered with the liquid. Oh, shit. So they're being really careful walking around. As they go up the stairs, they hear a door slam and they okay. realize it's... It said the bathroom door. I don't know which of the six it was. Yeah. There were six one bathrooms. Of but one of, the one of the bathroom doors <laughs> slams shut. Oh, shit. Okay. And so they go up to it and they hear a man shouting from inside saying, help, help me. Oh, God. Okay. Police yell for him to come out with his hands up. There's no response. Instead, they hear a lot of banging coming <gasps> going from inside. Oh, shit. Get in then there. Like, right. Then it suddenly stops. And a deputy standing outside through a different window sees a man jump out of the bathroom window. Oh, shit. On the second story, right? Okay. So the deputies run outside and chase the man as he runs across the grounds and then dives into Horseshoe Lake. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well. But it's it's like early morning hours. It's still dark out. Oh, geez. they don't see They don't see him resurface. <gasps> they see him go in and they're like, oh, what no. happened? Right? They lost him. Oh, God. So looking back at the house, Maria McKay, why did I write Maria? Martha. Her name is Martha. Martha. Martha, Right. Martha, they see that Martha McKay's car is still in the driveway at Snowden House. And I believe she lived there. Okay. So her her mom lived in a different cabin, but I think Martha lived at the house. At the house. Okay. When deputies go back inside, they find a large pile of blankets. Oh, shit. Under the blankets, they find Martha bludgeoned (gasps) and stabbed to death. Jesus. A few feet away is a cloth bag filled with jewelry and other heirlooms from the Snowden family. Oh, no. There's a blood-covered utility knife. Mm. And because of the flammable liquid everywhere, police suspect the murderer intended to burn down the house with Martha's body in it. Yeah. Seems like it. This sounds very familiar. Very deja Mm vu-y? Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Deja vu-y? It is now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So hours later, a body is fished out of Horseshoe Lake using (gasps) sonar equipment. Whoa. They never saw him come back up. And it is the body of Travis Lewis. Whoa. What the hell? I I really thought it was going to be this Andre guy. I I really, really did. They pull out Travis Lewis. Oh, Travis. According to police, he had cocaine, methamphetamine. And marijuana in his system. Okay, well, that explains a lot. He god. was 39. Oh my god. And he had a job. And he had a job. 
From the person who had believed from in him. From the person who believed in him, who pushed for him to get paroled. God damn it. I'm so Even though he had been... I, aren't you? I was so disappointed, uh, too. I was really hoping he didn't do the first one. It's me, too, right? I still... Yeah, you still I still wonder. wonder if there was somebody else there. I still wonder if there's somebody else there. Because <sighs> there's a lot of unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. But... Later, it is discovered that Martha had just sold a chandelier for ten thousand dollars cash. Whoa! And he probably who has ten grand cash, right? Oh god! And that she like she just did it. Mm -hmm. The money was still at the house, and the next day the money was gone. She found that the money was gone. Oh, so so there's speculation that she suspected something, probably. But no one knows because all of this happened, and now they're both gone. That's heartbreaking. I can't believe he jumped. So maybe he couldn't swim. I Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he couldn't swim. Uh, there was speculation that he, his brother, Edric, said that actually when someone called him, what they did was they called him and said, your brother committed suicide. Hmm. So someone considered it suicide. Like he was like, okay, I'm caught. I'm not going back to prison. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe he couldn't swim. You're yeah. right. You know, it's hard to say. But wow. So there's still unanswered be questions. It's hard to commit suicide that way. I mean, just. If you did know how to swim, because yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is that weird? Really weird. How sad. I know. The last heartbreaking part Mm -mm. is the Snowden house was sold at the end of 2020 for $2.6 million. Oh my God. And it was demolished. (gasps) Demolished. They sold it and they tore it down and they're going to be putting up other buildings. I don't know if they just thought it had bad. I don't know that I'd want to get... I don't know that I'd want to get married at a house that someone got murdered in. I, you know, it's a bed and breakfast. It might've just been like, you know what? There's too much Mm -hmm. here, but I, man, when you see the pictures of this house, I mean, it was so gorgeous. It was historic. It was. And it sucks. It didn't still get passed down. I know. I know. That so sucks. that would have been that would have been extra deja vu if that like would have been ooh because I don't think Martha was married or had kids but what if one of her sisters yeah daughters then came back and was gonna or maybe that's who bought it and sold it and said that or maybe could, that's who sold it and was like I'm not staying I'm here not I'm staying selling here. it and yeah it. I don't want to really continue say. this tradition <laughs> um, wow. oh and actually so the website the Snowden House is no longer valid it's not up anymore. Oh. But there still is a Facebook page and you can wow. see people have posted weddings and other events wow. that they had. That's still there. Oh, we'll have to check up. it out. Oh, sad. Okay. I know, right? It did happen again. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you my sources. Okay. There's, of course, Wikipedia. <laughs> of course. I mean, who doesn't right. use Wikipedia? Exactly. There's landsofamerica.com. That's actually where I saw the oh. listing for the house and could see all the Very pictures cool. and the like. description and everything. And it was gorgeous. People.com. People Magazine investigates their episode called A Crimson End. I was God, like, why are they always so cheesy? I don't know. I really thought thought that like the deja vu thing was a way cooler mm-hmm. than the whole. Way cooler. I mean, Maybe they need to hire us to come up with their names. Yeah, we're, we're available. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. There was um, the cinemaholic.com. I keep using that a lot. Yeah, it keeps that popping one's up. That's good too. Yeah. Yeah. And aymagazine.com. Hmm. At least it's not KY Magazine. No, I was thinking of YM Magazine. Wasn't that like Young, <laughs> Young Miss, Miss or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably less fun than KY. I don't know. Yeah. Magazine. I, no. You and your KY, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go have to go visit Kentucky. <laughs> I hear you have a lot of KY here. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Anyway, that That is the deja vu. Because it's very good. You know, that's too bad. It's just so disappointing. I know. I, and I, I, you know what? I really hate that there's so many questions. Like, there's no Mm -hmm. definitives. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I have a hard time watching Unsolved Mysteries because I, I like, I like watching the reruns because then they'll go update. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Thank I God for an update. Yes. I like the updates. Thank so you. So I like, yeah, I prefer the updates. Thank you yeah. very much. So, and it's the beginning of season, season five. five. Whoa. Whoa. I know. Dang. So we better get on the last two yeah. season stickers. I know what I'm doing <laughs> on my vacation. Oh my God. Right. Ah! Seriously. Same. Well, thank you, everybody, who has been listening to us yes. from the beginning, or if you just joined us, 
Mm-hmm. Or just listen to the last season. Go go back. We got we got four full ones we have now. So many for you to listen to. Yeah. Go back and binge. Mm-hmm. I like Please to do. binge. I do too. I'm a big I like, binger. I like to binge. So I try not to feel bad when I look at our stats and go, oh, not that many people listen this week or that week. Because then, yeah. you know, sometimes at the end of the month you see, oh, look, they all, they know, all caught just, up. Yeah. I just wanted to do it Very all at true. the same time. I so, do the same thing. So try not to I take get it personally. It. Right. Get it. I Crying get it. in my corner in the fetal position. Right. You know. Thank, thank you everyone you. for listening. Please tell other people about us if, if you yeah, like us. Please and, share and us. Subscribe. Share us. Subscribe. Like. Yeah. Leave us a review. A positive one. Perfect. Do that. Yes. If you don't we have like anything positivity. nice to say, don't. Don't say don't. anything at all. <laughs> don't yeah. say anything. Mm-hmm. That's what my mother taught. Don't yes. We're big nice on what say. our moms teach us. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> next all right. Time. Thanks everybody. Bye. Bye. To see images from this story, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ODFM Podcast, or on our website at odfmpodcast.com, where you'll also find a link to our merch store, where you can get awesome stuff like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. And if the weekly podcast just isn't enough to fill your ODFM cup full, join our fan club on Patreon for more content like minisodes, bloopers, and discounts at our merch store. That site is patreon.com slash ODFM podcast. And if you do love our bloopers and need more than we naturally do, which is a lot, buy us a glass of wine at buymeacoffee.com slash ODFM podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful.